women aren't having babies. We are having humans. Like we're producing as a world to keep the world going. Everyone takes a hit, not women. Everyone takes a hit. You know what? I am so tired of watching women waste so much energy on their looks. I know. Sometimes it feels like it's the only thing that we know how to talk about. You know what we need to do? We need to change the conversation. Because if we could change what women talk about. And the way that women talk to each other and to themselves, that would change their whole mindset. And changing their mindset could shift their energy. And all that energy could change the world. All right, so let's do it. Let's give them something else to talk about. Let's do it. Hi, Mary. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It feels like it's been a long time since I've talked to you, although it's been like five days, right? Yeah. You know what I was thinking about? You want to hear something so funny? I was thinking about how we, many, many moons ago when I was still in college, we had talked about doing a radio show. Do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking about said radio show and like we have this, we had the worst like in hindsight, we had the worst like local radio station there ever. Like, I don't even know. It wasn't because it wasn't our college radio. It was just like the local radio station. But I think we were saying we we're going to be on on the on the college one, whatever. But I was thinking about that. And I was like, what were we going to talk about? And the truth is kind of what we're talking about now, but with way more anger and way more like everyone should think the way we think. Shut up. And like, <laughs> attitude. <laughs> so I'm like, thank God we waited 20 years. But I think is, is, is uh, I was thinking having the same sort of thought that we have been talking about doing something like this since way before even cell phones, right? I mean, like, yep. we were back, like, we should get on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, I think I think cell phones, were, we were just starting a cell phones because it was right. like 2001 or something oh, like that. Yeah. never heard the word podcast or anything. Yeah. No, we didn't have any of that. was that we're going to get, you can finish this sentence, we're going to get so famous that... Oprah's gonna call us and want us to be interview us on our show. And she had a show back then. She does. I mean, she was when the Oprah Winfrey show was on. Yeah, that's right. That was the like. Yeah, it was gonna be so good. Our, Oprah our was gonna come and talk to us. Was that Oprah was gonna have us on her show? Right. Yep. So yep. that's how long we've been processing this. Um, but I gotta tell you, I had the craziest slash best conversation with a friend yesterday and it was, um, so it's a friend of mine who is an, a really unlikely friend. It is, it is so hard for you to imagine that we are as good friends as we are. She's in everything that I'm, the, well, yeah, she's everything that I'm the opposite of. She has a weekly nail appointment. <laughs> like, through COVID, everything. She gets her nails done. She gets her hair done at least once a month. And she shops like crazy. She loves to, she wears lots of jewelry and perfume and high heels. Has not worked since her kids were born and spends all of her time caring about what, you know, buying pillows and all the things that you would think that I would not enjoy in a friend. But we are we are incredibly good friends and she's my travel buddy and I've traveled all over the world with her. Really? Yes. And she's hilarious. But anyway, she's also very, very smart and opinionated Mm -hmm. and very well educated. And so I I was talking to her yesterday and, um, and so I said to her, she asked, she, she knows we're doing this podcast and she said, what's your next topic? 
And I told her that we were thinking about the responsibility that we have to future generations. Right. And, and do we and do we have a responsibility? We, so I said how to her, far does that go? Right. So I exactly. So I said to her, well, that's what we're going to talk about is how much do we owe the future generations of women? But I didn't say that. I said, how much do we owe the next generation? Right. And she said, well, that's a no brainer. We owe them a lot. Mm-hmm. And then what was funny was she starts talking and she's like, well, you, you, we, that's our, that's why we have children is because we want to make a better world for them. And this is why we do this. And by the time she got done talking, I never interrupted her, never said a word. By the time we got done, she's like, well, you can't just tell people what to do. Everybody gets <laughs> all the way. She went, she didn't go full circle. She went half circle on that and ended up saying, of course, we owe them everything Two, you can't tell people what to do. You just and she was yelling at me. She's like, you can't tell people what to do. You don't know what someone's circumstances are. Yeah. And I'm like, we are not trying to tell anybody what to do. We're just the whole purpose is we just want to give them something to think about. Just yeah. think about this. Answer the question however you want. Challenge but, yourself to think differently than you always have been. Right. Become so, aware of how you've been thinking and you might, cause you might not even know you're thinking that way. Like this is about consciousness. If anything, you know, get conscious about what you're accepting as the norm and, or, or your norm. And, you know, is that what you want? Like, it's just, just think about it, you know? Right. So in this, in this sort of monologue that she had in which I swear, if you ask her, she would say that we were having a conversation and yeah. that I was responding to her, but yeah. I didn't say a word at one point. She said, you know, there, and I agree with her, everything she said, she said, you know, there's people out there who don't have the luxury, whether it's financial or personal or mentally or whatever, to worry about anything other than surviving that day. Absolutely. They do not have the time to think about how are they going to change the world, right? They're trying to, how am I going to eat? How am I going to get home? And I think, and I think, I mean, if we haven't said it before, we should say it right now. We do understand that we are speaking to those with that privilege, like the people who do have the time to think about it, that that do have the opportunity because then they, and she actually is actually like putting on our point of the day, which is like, they have the responsibility that is because they can, because you can think about it because you can take a take some time beyond survival, this group of people and which is a large group who can afford to listen to a podcast. Like the fact that you can even have the time to listen to it means you probably have the availability to make these changes if you so feel called. And I kept kept telling her when I finally did say something like, we're not ever, ever trying to tell someone you think like us, think like we do, because that is completely the opposite of who we are, right? But it's just, maybe you don't spend... Maybe, maybe, maybe take this talent and energy and everything that you have and direct it towards something meaningful or something that isn't a moving target. And, you know, just think about these things. So, you know, so I was. And also, can I just say, I just also, I did, you know, I didn't come up with this from nothing. Right. I, I, I am, you and I have been around other women who are unhappy and they are unhappy trying to chase this moving target. And so we are just suggesting maybe this is an option for happiness. It hasn't been working so far for you. It's like, how's that working out, right? It hasn't been working. <laughs> so here's another option. That's it. That's all I'm saying. It's an option. 
Yeah, yeah it's not like we're going up to super happy people who right. are like nothing's wrong and saying change it. <laughs> right, and, and and but so you know, so we started off, and and I said that you know when I said to her, how much do we owe the next generation? What I was, what I meant, and it was my inability to speak what I, I, I just didn't say it right. Where she got off my, she thought thought I meant like our children. And she's like, well, you owe them everything. You owe your children everything. So I thought about on a micro scale. Um, like you've always said, whatever you wish for, not you've always said, what you have said is what you wish for your children. Like when you're cradling your little baby in your arms and you're saying, all I want for them is to be happy or for them to feel loved or for them to feel, you know, whatever you wish for them, right. you have to live that. Yeah. Right? I got that from Brene Brown. Oh, yeah, you have to live that. You can't just, yeah. and you have to remember that you are giving, your message is being seen through what you do, not through what you say. It's such yeah. a cliche, right? But yeah. if you want your kid to be just happy when you grow up, then you have to, you have to make yourself happy. If that means you quit your job or you get a job, you get divorced or you get in a relationship, right? Whatever it means for you, you've got to be happy. You've got to show your kids how to create happiness in your life. Something that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Something that has always boggled my mind, specifically from the moment I knew I was having a girl. For women, it's like, we, 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 we're good at talking in clusters about the common things that frustrate us. And you, and you hear the repetition on and on and on. And I'm kind of really confused about it because I'm like, okay, but for that should, it's almost like that should only be continued with women who have only boys. Because the minute you had a girl, how could you start to go down this process of raising her and give her all, like the best example I'm saying, if there's women who, we, a, lot, a lot of us complain about having a skewed amount of housework than the men, right? We're doing everything in the house. And this is, again, to the audience, this is a generic, I'm sure, you know, there's lots of women who don't have that relationship, but there's a lot of women who have that relationship with their husbands. And I'm just, we spend all that time cleaning and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, but then the minute you have a little girl and you tell her, well, you should go and get, a, you know, and, and have a career and you should have all these hobbies and this and that. <laughs> but like, it, it just doesn't match. It's like, but doesn't that mean you also have to stop showing her that you're the maid? Like, because if you're the maid, she's going to be the maid. Like, she's being taught right now what it means to live in a house with a man. It's It means to be his maid, if that's what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's just one example, but it's such a common one I see. And it's like, yeah. I got I got so confused when I had a baby because I'm like, I'm a girl because I'm like, wait a minute, though. Like, you have to stop. <laughs> you can't. She sees it. That's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like um, I have I have quite a few friends who have very advanced degrees, PhDs, MDs, JDs, every sort every of <laughs> degree that you could have, really and truly, it, that, that, and among these friends, many of them just stopped working when they had a baby. And in like some cases, you know, they only had, they had one. Um, and they decided that they wanted to be a full-time mother which is fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. That's fine. Um, they, so they, you know, they, they, they probably didn't, I don't know if they liked their jobs even, right? Who knows? Um, but anyway, so then they, but what I thought was 
I couldn't wrap my head around is how much ambition they had for their daughter. Mm-hmm. They wanted their daughter to get straight A's. They wanted their yeah. daughter to play all these sports and instruments and be in these clubs and go to an Ivy League college. Yeah. And they talked to their daughters a lot about what do you want to be when you grow up? You yeah. can be anything, right? And then, but you, but that woman is living a, uh, living this life where... She herself wasn't doing that. She had yeah, no dream. I mean, maybe being a stay-at-home mom is the dream, but in all the things that they were saying to their daughters, it was also never, and you could be like me and just stay home, right? It's like, they right. were- And it never, and it never matches. Like that person, you're t- those women you're talking about, their previous life to having the baby matches what they're telling the baby to do, right. but there's no evidence for the baby right now other than, you know, some p- pieces of paper that show that they went to school, but there's no living evidence for them right. in the house of the mom doing the things. Right. And so this is where this responsibility, like what resp- what do we owe the next generation is where it comes up is if you want a world in which that, in which women can choose to work and have it not be such a hassle, right? If you want a world yeah. in which going, that woman having the choice of I want a career and a child doesn't mean that you're taking on two full-time jobs, right? Right. Don't we owe that? Do we owe that? Not don't we? Do we owe it to the next generation to do our little part to make that possible? To do things like you said, is, you know, we have to change. We have to have an entire paradigm shift about how things are done, so that women aren't always faced with this dilemma, right? Like I can either right. work time, but then I've got to go home and do all this other stuff. Or because the thing to add to that is these women who are type A, super successful, they have some perfectionism issues, right? I'm in the group, so I can call it out, people. I'm in the group. (laughs) And and the problem is you don't accept less than than excellence for yourself. And so when you go to work and then you you get ready to have a baby and you're looking at these two lives and you can't see how they mesh because like you said, society doesn't support you in the meshing, you give one up, not because you necessarily wanted to, but because you refuse to have less than excellence. Right. And so you right. can't give up the child. So you have to give up the job. Right. right. There no. is there's a great book I'm going to link to called Getting to 50-50. Did uh-huh. I talk about this already? I feel like I did. Did I talk you about this? To me I about it, so I don't know. I can't remember. I, I don't know if I did. The podcast. Maybe. Not but either. anyway, the book is the book is a great book to read before you have a baby regarding setting agreements up with your spouse about household work and also time with the child such that you don't fall into society's normal traps of it all being on the woman. Because if the two of you, if you have to figure out that that the two people in the marriage both came from traditional, traditional heterosexual mom role, husband, you know, husband role, whatever lifestyles that they're, they're going to, or they're going to naturally take on those responsibilities without thinking, unless they're conscious about those decisions. And so this book really helps you be conscious about those decisions and say, from the start, we both have zero skills in, you know, Right. Raising a baby. So let's keep it even there as we grow and get experience such that nobody feels like one person should be at home more than the other kind of a thing. And that that really like solidifies a chance for the woman to stay in her job because she's coming into this house, not thinking it's all on her. It's like a silent responsibility. We all think we have. And then you get into this situation where you don't even feel like you can ask the other person for help. Right. And I, I, I don't this is not the point of this conversation, but I just wanted to talk about that book is what really helped me clarify right. that it's not my job. I had I, had, I you didn't have the baby by yourself. 
<laughs> there were right. two people making this baby. So anyway, right. but you know, um, you know, there's a, there's this yeah. great article, and I can't remember where I read it. It was maybe the Huffington Post or the Washington Post. It seems a little bit more Huffington Post ish, but a woman wrote this whole thing about how every single unwanted pregnancy started with an ejaculation. <laughs> and yeah. right, I mean, it started. Yeah. Yeah. It started with him, and yeah. and. Where are those, you know, where, where is that, where's that responsibility now? They're every single human being started with the guy somewhere, but the, 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 and there's a lot of issues around that. Then that's right, actually right, right. the topic. But so here's, you know, here's what I was thinking is, you know, you think about all the advantages that we have in our lives because some woman who never met us and never was going to meet us went to bat for us. Yeah. Things that we don't even know were yeah. prohibited to women. Um, I mean, I, one of the good things about our podcast is I am sufficiently older than you that I remember a time you don't. And so I was alive when I was alive and I was a senior in high school when it became a law, became law that a woman could get birth control without her husband's permission. Yeah. So you think about that. Up until I was 18 years old, an unmarried woman could not get birth control. And if your witch didn't say, yeah, you can do it. You could, when I say birth control, I mean, prescription birth control. Right, right. When were condoms brought out? Right, right. You have condoms. There was something called foam. I mean, yeah. the really, the really useful, effective thing, you had to have your husband's permission. I was 18. Yeah, that's you amazing. Know? That's amazing. Yeah. So, so like, I understand that, that this law, this law or this changed because women fought for it. Okay. And because of that, I was able to control my reproduction. Right. And, I, think, and- I think when we look at, so here's an interesting spin on this. I like the topic of this of this podcast is what do we owe the next generation? I have always lived feeling like I owe my ancestors and my predecessors. Right. Like I feel like I have a responsibility to do and be certain things because they fought their asses off. They, some of, right. you know, especially if you want to get to, you know, some of it like racial and so they 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 risk their lives for it, right? Like right. and I I so for like for instance for voting, like I do not tolerate any black person not voting. I'm like, we literally, our ancestors literally lost their lives to give us the right to vote. Like, how do you not vote? You know, and it's not possible. So, so I bring that into the conversation too, of like, like you just said, the women who came before us and all the things they did that you don't acknowledge or don't know about. And they, and they took those risks. They took those fights for you. Did they take, did, I guess, I guess we're both saying, is it, is it fair to ask the question do you even have the right to not use it, so to speak, right? Right. Use what they gave you. They gave you the right, they gave you the power to work and now you're not working. But it's it like, if you take the birth control thing you brought up, it's an interesting idea because it's like, it's like evolution, right? We, we Somebody discovers something and it, for in its moment, frees a nation from whatever hardship. But then as we add complexity to life with even more technology and more sophistication, we sometimes retract backwards mm-hmm. on certain things. Like, so in the 1950s, 1940s, right after World War II, right? Certain 1950s. I'm sorry, 1950s, yeah. Certain household technologies came about that were actually byproducts of things that were created for the war. You know, right. there's so many things in our lives that are byproducts of 
technology that they made for war. But they said, well, what are we going to do with this now? And they made, so the microwave came. And then as a result of that, frozen food came. And from a perspective of a housewife in the 50s who was making dinner every day, the idea that something could come in a frozen package and be put in a microwave and like two minutes later, it's like a miracle. <laughs> you know, they're like, praise the Lord, what has happened to me? Now you fast forward to now where we are starting to question big food and what they put in our food. Right. And we're and trying to just get control of our nutrition better. You right. have the slow down food movement. Right. And right. I am, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. But, and you and I know we have a podcast coming up on this topic, but there's so many issues with that statement. And one of them that I kind of laugh about is, man, the women who were in their prime in the 1950s are probably like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> they're like, you want to go back to the farm and have a backyard urban garden? What is wrong? With you? Right. Well, you know, you know, what? The, the area where I feel um, strongly about this is uh, baby formula. When baby mm. formula and it was hit the market and it was nutritious and it was it was a very good replacement for breast milk, that was one of the most liberating things for the women. You know, you think about women who before formula, before birth control, before any conveniences, they were truly, truly anchored in their kitchen and to their babies because just had as many kids as you were going to have. You couldn't really stop it. You had to breastfeed. Nobody else could feed your baby. Um, and so formula was one of these things where everyone was so happy to have formula because you could hand the baby to somebody else. You right. could sleep. You right. could do all these things that a breastfeeding mother can't do. And now, like just like you said, we've gotten so far away from remembering yeah. that, that formula was the uh, you know it was it was like disneyland for moms at one point right to now that we shame women for using it like and there's know. the point there's the point the point is not that we're wrong for going back a little bit it's not the point is not that was, you're wrong to slow down i am for that i as we talk i'm a breastfeeding mother i'm very pro breastfeeding but that's right. not and i'm also pro like i i don't do birth control any like that kind that you're talking that that changes my cycle i have you know, since decided on that. But I guess the point is no, that there's danger and, and in shaming. And that's the problem. Respect is like respect and learn your history first. Respect and learn where those things that you're now shunning came from and, and, and honor the piece of those things that served a very, very important pur right. purpose in your history. Right. And even if now, like I said, even if now you have big reasons like big food or whatever to, yeah. to, to, to explore not doing it, it doesn't diminish the original gift that that thing gave. Things are allowed to die later without them being shamed in their entire existence. Yeah, and it's like you were saying about the ancestors is for you to for you to be and I, and I breastfed too. Um, and it, it's to me, okay, I'll say this. I breastfed and I thought it was actually easier than using formula because at some point when when my baby decided, like for various reasons, I had to give her formula when like she had to take medicine and stuff like that. And I remember being really freaked out. Like, how do I know it's clean? Is it the right temperature? What, you know, it was, it was much more complicated, yeah. but I don't know how much I would have liked it if I had 12 kids. Right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We're, because right. We can control how many kids we have. So we have right. a lot more luxury to slow down and do all these other things because childbearing is not our life. It's a piece of our, a very small piece of our life and we can right. move on. So you're right. So right. the so the question is, how much do we owe the next generation in terms of being an example, the way that we, you and I feel our predecessors were for us? 
Right. Or I also think it's not just by being example. I am really, really big on like there's a few changes that I think that would change, shift everything. Okay. And here's one of them. And again, we're just giving you something to talk about. I'm not trying to convince you I'm right. When I was 25, I might have tried to convince you I was right. But with age comes wisdom and you start to realize that you don't know a damn thing. Right. But here's what I think. Let's just ponder this. What if, imagine a world in which, and we're talking about heterosexual couples only, okay? Um, Imagine a world in which the father was required to take a six-week, let's say, paternity leave, required, Mm -hmm. and it could not be within the first month or two of the baby's life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, as you know, that during those first couple of weeks, there's only so much that dad, first of all, the baby's not doing much, but whatever it is doing, it needs them, it's mostly eating, right? right? So that, that's not, and that's not a time, I, I remember that was like not a time I really needed help. With right. the, Especially if you're breastfeeding, you just, right. that's then all before. you, yeah. So all they're doing is not working. are <laughs> 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 just kind of sitting around maybe like trying to do some chores, but Imagine if you had you had to wait a little bit, but they were required to be at home for six weeks with that baby. That I think that it would do lots of good. Number one, it would force men to see what it's like for women who have to take a maternity leave, right? Yep. Like I know, I personally know a man who did not take his full paternity leave. He took a third of it. And his answer was, well, I was just on all these cases. I had to, I mean, I had work to do. I'm like, well, so did your wife. Yeah, exactly. Like she didn't have work to do at work. If she had a job and she left it, there was work to be done. And somehow it's getting done without her, which means somehow your work could get done without you. But also you just defined what she's doing at home every day as not work by saying that. She was on just on, she was on a, you know, a six or 12 week maternity. They had the exact same job. They were both attorneys. She was going back to work. But then he said, he said, well, I was, he actually said, I was really afraid I wouldn't make partner if I took the whole six weeks. So there was a culture in his office that men really shouldn't take the full six weeks. That shows that you're not committed to your job. And so I feel like it should be required that men take it so that they are in this position of feeling like they might actually be doing long-term harm to their career and their earning potential and everything. Whereas women pretty much have to, I mean, I, know some women go back to work after four days um but so you know if we could force men into a required paternity leave at a point in that child's life when they can actually be helpful with the child you know they can change the diapers and entertain it the baby's not eating every time you turn around they might have a better relationship with their child yep they might just like you said they might you might be able to avoid that thing that happens in so many parent situations where because the mother is with this child solely for so long in the beginning, even the, even the mother starts to think the father can't do it. You know, she does become the expert by just by time. That, that is what happens. If you, if you spend more time with something than somebody else, you will become the expert and they won't. That's it. Yeah. Right. And so then when the husband does go to change the type, you're like, no, 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 you don't do that. Right. You know, yeah. this is, you yeah. know, and, and then, then he just stops helping and now you have no help and it's just, yeah. So you just, it feels like, and I feel like the only way to change the culture of men. Agree. Is that you have to require it. It has to be required. You said, you said a thing that was so important because you're like, they're worried about not being taken seriously at work and it hurting their trajectory in their career. Right. Well, that, and you, and then you said, well, 
you know, women don't have a choice. But guess what? That also exactly happens to the woman. She oh, will she will be taken not as seriously. She will be typed as a mother, God right. forbid, if she comes back to work. And it did mess up her trajectory. It did slow her down, especially if she actually left work and comes back into the workforce. And what you're suggesting is the actually the only way to fix that right. right there is what fixes why we don't partially why we don't get paid as much as men, why we don't have as many female CEOs right there. Because if men had to come out for the for it would equalize, it would equalize the whole situation. Say, guess what, world? W- women aren't having babies. We are having humans like we're yeah. producing <laughs> as a world to keep the world going. Everyone takes a hit, not women. Everyone takes a hit. Like, and it's not a hit. It's a gift. Enjoy it. Like, it's not a hit. Exactly. So I feel just as bad that the men, it seems it happens fairly quickly that the men are getting pushed aside in their child's life because they went back to work and the woman, and I'm saying like, these are women who just maybe even stayed home for a 12 or six week leave, right? Which P.S. Which P.S. we are not saying is okay. We think that's not enough for the woman either, but go ahead. I just wanted to so I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to state one of these things where I am probably mostly right, but also a little bit wrong because I was going to look it up and I forgot. But I have a very good friend who lives in Sweden. He is Swedish. And he told me now he told me this a few years ago, maybe five years ago, that in Sweden, each parent gets six months paid leave, childcare leave, provided they don't overlap. Yes. Right. So that and that the Swedish government had determined that if you have a child with a parent for the first year of its life, that that investment in the child by the government pays off 20, 30 years down the road in the sort of social services and human services that they need to do, that those kids end up not needing mental health support and medical support. So but the deal is they get six months each one, but it can't overlap. So Norway think, has something similar too. I don't know the details, but Norway has a very, very generous right. type of leave like that. And it's paid leave, paid, paid leave. Now I will say the part that I don't understand, and I've, I've asked my friend this a few times is who take, like, what if, you know, I think about like me or my husband, if well, me, I teach. So I, so taking six months off, you just find a substitute, right? But there are some jobs that you can't always find a substitute for. So like, I can't imagine how my husband would yeah. take six months off from his job. But, but I, but you know what? I said that to my, my Swedish friend. I'm like, well, what if you, he says, you just take it off. Yeah. Yeah. You're I was going to say, you so just take it off. Well, you okay. are, you're actually just bringing up, we need to have a whole podcast about maternity leave. <laughs> But 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 the bottom line of that right there is just that we never should be coming, in my opinion, from for governing. We should in life, too, but governing specifically, we should never come from a place of of that way of like, what do we have that we're trying to you should come from a place of what do you want? And then right. make a solution for it because we always come at it like, oh, we don't have enough money for healthcare. We don't have bullshit. You don't have it because you're coming at a place of I want to keep everything else I have in place and not change a thing and then try to get this. And it's like, no, what are the most important things to you now? What else can fall to the side to make that happen? Like what is really important? And so I agree with your friend, like, and the, you know, the best example, the best example is, um, what is the word for when you're on, you're in the military, but you're not, you know what I'm talking about? Like you're not in you're um, you're in the reserves. Yes. Okay. In the reserves. That word was eluding me. Yeah. When you're in the reserve, I used to work with somebody in the reserve. Reserves means all of us, every single entity in this country. If you want to go into business, 
If you hire someone who's in reserves, you have to keep their job. You have to. And if they're called out, you can replace them, but you better move that person when that other person comes back. He always has his job, if the one he was in. So how do we make that work? However we're making that work, apply it to maternity leave. And the only reason it sounds insane is because we haven't done it. We just have not accepted that maternity, that, that having children is all of our responsibility. The minute we agree to that, right. we act like it's some little private Tesla we, we bought that we can't afford. And we say, that's your deal. You bought that. Go deal with right. it like, and go right. hide about it and talk about it with your husband and no one else and like figure it out and act like it didn't happen. And I'll come back to work and act like it didn't happen. But And, you know, speaking of... Uh, that I think this is connected. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I used to get invited all the time when I was a faculty member, a woman faculty member at UVA. Oops, uh, to, <laughs> I wasn't going to say who I was, but I did. <laughs> anyway, I used to get invited all the time to these work-life balance panels, right? And first of all, sir, some things used to bother me. Like one was I was the only get this in the on the faculty of the school in which I taught for a while. I was the only woman faculty member with children whose husband worked full time. Wow. So everybody else, they were, you know, they were very, and that's fine. I'm not saying that, I'm yeah. not saying that's right. But I used to walk in and I'd see all these other women at the desk, at the panel desk, right? And, um, and they would, you know, I knew their husbands didn't work. They had stay at home fathers for their dads. And I'd be like, you don't get to talk about work-life balance because you go home and the laundry's done and the dinner's cooked and your kids are yeah. clean and happy and fed, right? So like, how are you any different from a man who has a stay at home, right? There's no balance. But the last time I went, I still remember, it was pretty, it was pretty bold of me. I'm not a bold or badass person, but the last time I went, I, I walked into the room, I sat down and the, the room was filled with um, women, young women, students, and one guy. And I sat down and I said, I said, here's what I have to say about work-life balance. Telling women, uh, they said, these, these, these talks I go to, they're always filled with women. Today, there's a man, but in general, even the work-life balance is another task for us to figure out. It's right. as, the fact like, that you're doing it with all women right so there said, tells the problem. Said, right. It's like someone's taken a seesaw and put a woman on one end of it and said, make that balance. Come on. What's wrong with you? Make the balance. Yeah. I said, I will call, I said, I will speak at the next work-life balance that has men on the panel and in the audience in equal numbers. Yes. because. I'm not going to sit around and talk about how a crock pot is going to change your life one more time. Thank so you. It's not our job to make it balance. Thank you. It's the one more thing we have to do, right? Yep. We have to make it balance. But I, the other thing about the, the maternity leave, or we should call it parental leave, is because that's what we're hoping for is, and this is a true story. Mm -hmm. We're all collectively going to forget that I leaked the name of my where I used to work, <laughs> but there was a woman I worked with and she got married and she was a professor of engineering and uh, very, very good, right? Very, very good and highly respected. She got married and the way that everyone knew she got married is because she changed her name. There was sort of a, you know, that, that announcement, like, you yeah. know, like, you know, sort of phase yeah. out the old name and fade in the new name. Yeah. And so I was on a committee and we were talking about, um, you know, just forming a committee to do something, which is what committees do, right? Committees all decide to make more committees. And um, anyways, we're trying to form this committee and somebody suggested that she would be good on this committee. It was a, a project that was going to take an academic year minimum, right? And someone actually said, oh, we shouldn't put her on there because she just got married. So you know what's next. Mm. 
right? So they, she actually didn't get assigned to a prestigious committee because everyone assumed she'd be pregnant and she would be taking time off. It and happens it, all it the happens time. all the time. Now, I am ashamed of the fact that I didn't stick up for her and say, you don't know that. You don't know that. You know, or would you put her husband on there? Because he's also having the baby and he might be sleeping. There you go. Right? I mean, so, men, but men don't even know that this happens to us. Women don't even know that it's happening to them. For all I know, she doesn't know. Right. She, she might not even know. know. I didn't tell her. I didn't go and say, oh, they just passed you over. Yeah. You know, so, but these are the things is um, people are always assuming that if a woman gets married, she's going to have children and you start to start to fill in the blanks about what the future looks like. Right. And so I get back to, if you have a girl, mm. it's like, if you have a girl and you want all the things for her that you do, you know, the same things you want for the boy, part of me is like, for what? But yeah. why? If, if, if the, if the end goal, if her end game is still to get married and have a kid and then take off work, then why 20 years before that, are we trying to get her to learn foreign languages and travel the world and get a master's degree for what, what is the point of that? Is it, are we, I don't think we are, but are, are we all doing a, what's that movie? Mona Lisa smile situation where we just want her to be so qualified to be the best mate. To- to or to get the best husband. That's what I'm saying. To be the most, you know, that those women in that movie were supposed to groom themselves to be the best, like to have the most intellect because they were going to be the host of the dinner parties of the guy who was with the, you know, so you, you were, you were being, a, the word accomplished was about how you could hold yourself in a conversation, so to speak for, you know, is that what we're doing? I don't think that's what we're doing, but that would be the only thing that makes sense in terms of. In a weirder, more peculiar, I guess maybe it's just attached to my world, I would be in office hours talking to a young woman. This happened to me so many times, I couldn't believe it. And I would say to them, what kind of engineer do you hope to be when you graduate? Because you are in engineering school, right? Yeah. And how many times did I say, well, I don't really want to be an engineer. I really want to just be a stay-at-home mom. And I would say, you do not need to know how to differentiate the inverse hyperbolic sign to do that. Like, why are you doing something as hard as calculus? And and so for somebody who barely made it through engineering school, I'm like, be I, I mean, you you shared this story with me before, but I am I stay I stay beyond shocked about yeah. how many women I went to school with who said that who had that thought and would go through something as torturous as engineering school because in my and. I was equally shocked by people who only went to engineering school because they were good at math and science, but they hadn't actually like decided they wanted to do whatever for a living. And I, I, but I came to peace with that. I was like, okay, that's not my game, but I get that. But then you, like you said, with these other, these women who like know for a fact their end game is to get out of the workforce as soon as possible. Like, why would you pick a major that uh, demands so much of you? Like in the grand scheme of college, that's on the upper end of like work. Yeah. That right. is and so hard. Like, there's so many other things you could have majored in that would have been way less. Jobs, right? I mean, if you're only planning on being in the workforce for five or so years, there's lots of jobs. You're not even fully. You don't even need to go to college. <laughs> like, what you, but you I mean, mean you, you know. don't need to go to college. But if you're going to do that for the status, okay, fine. Right. There's so many other majors that just are easier. They're just not as hard. Like, well, see, not even, I don't even think, like for, for some of us, math and science isn't really hard. Um, I mean, if I had to, if I had a major, I had to read a book, forget it. There's no way I would have dropped out because I don't like, I can't, I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not smart like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
like to be an engineer, you actually sacrifice your well-roundedness in engineering. It's so right. They drill it in. You're not allowed, at least in many engineering schools, there's no space in your schedule for a foreign language. Remember, if you wanted to take Spanish, you had to like, you know. Oh, I know. I had this I had a, I had this vision that I was going to like I did two languages in high school. So I had this vision that I was going to continue that kind of a thing and just do that on the side. No, there was no I had to I would have had to been 10 times smarter than I am right now to pull that off because it was not a welcomed environment for that. No. So I would have been doing it off to the side on my own. And I just didn't have it in me. Like I didn't have it. I couldn't do it. But yeah, like that was not a possibility. Right. So this is, and so, but this is also where I would think that young women need to have people have more frank conversations with them. Yes. You know, I we, would sit there and say, so why did you pick this? Yeah. Because not only is it hard, but it's restrictive. Engineering, sorry, I'm just talking about engineering, but like people who go to medical, I've known people yeah. who go to medical school and not actually plan on being law a school. Law school. That law is so boring. Like, why are you doing that? If you don't want to practice law, you're going to do that and then have the, like, I'm sorry. I don't want to say the nerve, but it like it just doesn't track. You're going to do go to law school, which it's expensive. Too. And it's, yeah, mean, it's really expensive. Now. It's a lot. And it's and it's that much more time after undergrad. So you go to undergrad, you do law school and then you go have a baby and get married and stop work. And it's just like, but why? But you said something I want to go back to, which is you said we need to have more frank conversations. Yes. And there's this new show out on Netflix called Bridgerton. I've seen it. You've seen it. Okay. You've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Do you know the whole shocking part that, that about like how she doesn't know what sex is? Like she literally doesn't know what it is. And I'm just like, she's going to get married and they have all this prep work of her life. And she has this whole moment with her mother. She's like, you prepared me for all the bullshit, but the real stuff that I needed, you couldn't have one conversation with me. And it's like, they took the whole being proper in society to this insane degree. And it's like, Oh my God, she literally is about to go into a room right now and have sex with a man. And you're not going to tell her what it's about. Like, he, what, is, what is happening? And it's it's an exaggerated version of what you're talking about. Like, right. we as women need to stop the facades and get real about everything because then we right. can have real change. If we really want to see change, we got to talk real. Like, it's just like we say we get we get almost there. It's like, oh, but you know, no, I don't. Like you said about one podcast ago or something, you were like, you know, nobody t- tells you about childbirth. No one tells you about childbirth. No one tells you about birth, um, um, breast, breastfeeding. They don't tell you anything. They don't tell you about carrying the baby, labor. Tell me, tell me. Right. And maybe I'll make different choices. Not that I won't have kids, but like I'll go in aware. And what would I do with awareness? And you wouldn't feel bad about yourself when it's a, you're having an experience so different from what you were set up for. You know, I remember, I remember breastfeeding. Um, <laughs> I remember in the beginning, it's very hard and it's not always comfortable. And I remember looking down at my little teeny perfect baby after having tried so hard to like, and you know, these images of how yeah. you're women posting these um, pictures of this lovely tender moment of them breastfeeding. I looked down at my little baby's face. And you, when you were before Instagram, how do you think I feel now? Like, (laughs) but all these pictures in magazines on TV of this special magical time. And there's my little baby whose entire face is covered with blood because my nipple had cracked open. It was bleeding all over her. And I'm like, where's this in the Hallmark movie? (laughs) And, you know, of course, you think that you've killed your baby and all the things. I felt as if that that it's almost as if 
I was being deceived, like led to believe that yeah. this is, it was almost like we want to continue this tradition of women getting married and having babies. And they won't do it if we tell them the truth. Yeah. You won't do it unless we give you a big shiny wedding with a big dress and uh, tell you that having a baby is the best thing. I mean, certainly I don't regret it. I don't no, regret we it. We both are here. That's but, what I love about this podcast. We both are here. And on, on paper, we are traditional people. Like we're both heterosexual. We both are married. We both had kids. But and so we're not we're not we're not having we definitely don't have the audacity to stand here and tell people not to do these things. Oh, no. It's not about that. It's no. not about that. It's about thinking about the way you did it and why you did it. And then what you're doing now. And in this particular podcast episode, like how does what you're doing match what you think, what you're telling your children or other women to do? If you want the gender, so to speak, to progress and to continue to get more rights and to continue this conversation in the house with your daughter and the conversation with your friend and your college roommate and your sister and your aunt, those conversations are the ones that have to change. That's more, in our opinion, that's more important than protesting for women's rights with a with a sign up and a, that yes. that matters too. But this is just as important There's because different ways the, in a different way in a different way because it, it's protest. Right. It, and different it, ways to enact or affect change. Right. And really all I wanted to do today was to get people to think about their personal responsibility. Does it extend to your own children if you have them? Does it extend to your own family? Does it extend beyond that? And or what does it only land on you? Or does, does it, it not? Yeah, you at the end of this, you could still say my choice to not work is my choice. Or my and choice it doesn't, to work. I mean, yeah, or my choice to go back to work is my choice. And it's no one, and it doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. And I think, and, and here's what I want to say too. Two things can be true at once. You can make a decision that's for you that still affects and is part of the global dis, you know, conversation. Like it, it, you are a citizen of this world. So what you do for yourself still matters to all of us too. It's yes, not like, right. you, yes, you get to do what you want to do. Of course, you're doing it now. Like <laughs> you're already doing that. We are just asking you. Like, does it does it factor in at all? Does the does does when you make these decisions, does your future does the future generation factor in, and should it factor in? I think it should. My opinion is it should. <laughs> um, you know what? I think it should. I think that if you are in a position of luxury where you can actually have free time in your life, yeah. Um, you know, if, I, I, if you have privilege of any if kind, you have privilege. Do you owe? And do, do you owe? But you know, even if you don't have privilege, and I have been someone who did not have privilege when I had children, and I do know what that's like. Well, you had privilege because you were white. So I did have that privilege. You no, you're right. But I mean, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about financial privilege. Sure. I know what it's Economic. like. I know what it's like to be working terribly hard and having children and being on food stamps and all that stuff. I know yeah. that, but yeah. I still had that choice to be happy. And I know that sounds so butterflies and rainbows and things like that, but I felt like, like if you were to ask my kids right now, how poor we were when they were little, especially the they first, don't know. Right? they don't know. They don't remember that we used to play a game called find the quarter. So we could, we'd look, look under couch cushions and things so that we can find enough money. This is a, this is a true thing to go and buy kerosene to put into the heater of the house. Cause we couldn't afford heating fuel, you know? So it's like, Hey kids, let's go play, find the quarter. <laughs> All right. But, uh, but you're saying even in those dire straits, there were still had, pockets of choice. pockets had, of happiness. You had a choice to be happy. I could, I could be happy. So anyway, this is the end of, uh, we've yeah, come to the done. end of this podcast. I'd like to just drop a little bomb at the end here. Okay. Cause you okay. said something that I think is really important. 
Um, and and it's for another podcast. But you said about there can two two things can be true at once, which brings me back to this phrase that I hear often these days about you know speak your truth or this is their truth or this is my truth. Yeah. As a mathematician, I'm not a mathematician. As a math teacher, someone who spends a lot of time writing true false questions, right? The word true means always true to me, right? And I I feel as if when a woman in particular says I'm going to speak my truth that she's 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 doing a disservice to herself is it the truth like especially when you talk about like sexual encounters yeah, right like a the truth yeah. is that this was in a, that this was not consensual no it, that is the truth it's not your truth right you know what i'm saying anyway let's i'll leave that little i bomb. do and so it is a true you did drop a bomb but at the same time you did that is related to this topic because there you go with she said my truth she actually am she, she does she owe it to all women to just say the truth? Because as soon as, yeah, right. because as soon as she said my truth, she gave doubt to the to the conversation as right. if or, yeah. or opening the door to the possibilities that there's two things are true at one time. Like he could have been sexually aggressive with me, but he could have thought it was yeah. consensual. So I think that that's, that I think that your problem with that phrasing is situational. It's situational. Yeah, but obviously like there's some very important topics where you need to drop that phrase is what you're saying. There's some other topics where it's it is open the same way way this podcast is. But anyway, and that's why I feel like exactly wrapping up this podcast about do our do we owe anything to the future generations, whether they're our children or complete strangers a hundred years down the road? Um yeah, you have to come up with you have to come up with what's right for you, right? And if the answer is no, I don't know anyone a damn thing, then you need to be happy about that. Yeah, because you know? God forbid you're sitting around saying about our choices. Yeah, if you're saying no, then yeah, at least let this podcast free you of your guilt. Yeah. Any guilt you have, or any apologizing you have, as we talked about in the last podcast, right. like if if you are standing in, I was going to say standing in your truth. <laughs> <laughs> If you are standing here saying, if you're you don't standing in the truth, yeah, if you're standing here saying you don't owe anyone anything, then I guess our parting words to you are, okay, well, please own that and be happy about it and don't walk around feeling guilty or second guessing yourself. Don't second guess yourself. And if this podcast has inspired you to find some meaningful ways to contribute to future generations, stay tuned because we're going to have a podcast that's filled with ideas. Yes. I have heard from people about what they want to do, and I am so fired up, I can't tell you. So yes. stay tuned for that one. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Are you ready to reclaim your energy from your beauty blocks once and for all? Download the beauty blocks energy tracker and get started today. Visit anonymousoul.com forward slash beauty blocks to get a better understanding of what beauty blocks are and how they are the number one thing holding you back from the life you really want. That's anonymousoul.com forward slash beauty blocks.